Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Continuing on with the Sword of Kaigen today, we are two-thirds of the way through. That is, let's see, we're up to chapter 23. Up to it. We have not read chapter 23. Toradin, EQ, I apologize. Saw your, saw, your, saw your comment a little bit too late. Excited to read that next chapter. Well, we'll see. But that's where we are. No spoilers past that. And no warm-up today, either. We're, we're, we're <laughs> ready to jump in. We're very excited. A lot, a lot of big things have happened in this section. But first, I think I want to add a little asterisk to our discussion of, uh, oh, I think his name is Takiru. Mm-hmm. To our discussion of Takiru from our last episode. Because, okay, yes, Takiro is terrible. Takiro is terrible. He's he's still terrible in this section. The worst husband, I think, of all time. Okay, maybe not of all time, but pretty bad. But his combat ability is incredible. <laughs> okay, yes, I, I would agree there. His technique impeccable Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. the like dragon that he makes with his brother to kill just like thousands of these soldiers sounds pristine it sounds like the dopest shit that i think it's this fight with takiro and his brother when they're fighting off hundreds of these these ranganese soldiers this fight sounded incredible. Okay, yes, it did. Um, I I realized through this that before I was thinking that, like, other than their magic abilities, you know, their, like, ice thing, that they were, like, had the capabilities of a normal human. Or I don't know about normal human, but a human right and there mm-hmm. so it was like oh they're just really good at sword fighting for a person mm-hmm. but i think after reading this section i don't think that's the case anymore right like there's a little bit more to to their physical abilities than i think that you can get without like in in a normal situation you know what i mean absolutely like it it's like a hundred soldiers tried to fight them and died. And there were like, okay, a hundred soldiers tried to fight Takiru's brother and died. That's one guy. And he can't even make the this tight dragon thing by himself. He's just fighting. Okay. Right. It sounds like the 12 people that like, or however many people were holding the line with Takiru and Mamoru it sounds like they held off like hundreds of soldiers that came to try and defeat them. That's 12 guys. Incredible ability. Right. Yeah. The talent is there. You guys, the talent is incredible. Now, Takiru still the worst. I don't care. Like I don't, 
I don't care anymore about him because he can fight super good. Right, right, yeah. But it needs to be recognized that his combat ability is in- impeccable. Okay, okay. So your your asterisk that we put is not because we said anything wrong no. last episode. Absolutely not. It's just that you have to, when you say all these bad things about him, you have to be like, yeah, but he's a great fighter. Outstanding combatant. <laughs> he's like he's like Kanye West. You know? Interesting. Interesting. Well, I feel like Kanye West needs a m- little bit more Takiru, though. <laughs> you know? Just like calm, doesn't say a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the thing about Takiru, though, is that... His, the way that he fights is also normally indicative of a really cool character. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like normally yes. and there's a character that has been like silently just crushing it. Like I think in this fight we see, is it, what's the brother's name? Katashi, I think. Oh, it's like ten- Takashi, something like that. Something like that. Or is that the blacksmith's name? Okay. The br- <laughs> the elder brother is just like crushing it and he's he's flashy and powerful. And M- Mamoru is like, he is like killing all these people. And then after they, they, once they get their little break, he looks over at Takiro and Takiro has just like silently been killing just as much, if not more. That normally when I'm reading it, I'm like very into that character. But this time it was like since I since Takiru is the worst, it was like ah damn it I wish I really wish that he wasn't as good, or wasn't as cool like in his fighting abilities. Yeah, yeah, this is true because there is something to be said about somebody who's not really flashy but still gets the job done. Like there's something to be said about somebody that's super, super understated in their abilities, and then when they just like show everybody else up, they look kind of dope because they weren't. They weren't like acting all, all pompous with it. I think right. I actually, this fight like flipped what I think of as like the cool one and the less cool one. And I think it's because of what we know about the character. Like Takiru, we already think of as kind of a dick. And his brother is definitely not like great, but he's much, he seems much better than Takiru. Like he seems at least a little bit more caring. And so, when you know sure takiru is going around like stabbing people out of the air every now and then but when his brother comes in with like a giant ice wave and murders a like 60 soldiers i'm like yes get it (laughs) i'm way more on his side than i'm on takiru's side i don't because he's just like seems like a better dude i'm fine with him being super ostentatious as he's murdering people left and right i'm into it okay Okay, so what what we're learning is that you're more swayed by their personality than their fighting style. I think so. Yes. yes. Okay. I think that's I think that's a good thing. You know. Well, and it's... I think maybe I'm wrong here, but it feels like if you only had one brother down to guard that pass, Takiru's not going to cut it because mm. Takiru is much more like detail oriented. And I think this is the story that we've heard throughout the book is he's able to like fill in the gaps where his brother's kind of messing up. But like a majority of the bulk work 
was done by the older brother. And so, like, if you just had the older brother down there, I think it it still wouldn't have gone well. Like, I think it definitely goes better with both of them. But if you could only have one, I think Takiru is not the one that you want down there by himself. Ooh. Okay, this is interesting. Because this is kind of like, okay, here we go. I'm going to do another sports reference because that's all I know. This is like, Takiro's not ready to be the superstar. Like, he's not ready to be the the one player on the NBA team that's able to bring you to the championship. He you mean, you're talking like LeBron. Like, he's not a LeBron. Right, right, right. He is like, skill-wise, up there, but he's not in a, he's in a position... He's the kind of person that needs to be the number two, mm. right? Mm. Like you have Takiro as your number two, you're winning the championship, but not not if he's your number one, is what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Yes, yes. Um, I think I, I think I'm on board with that. Now I can already hear I can hear the fans coming at me, and they're like, "Well, what about the tornado? What about the tornado? Only Takiro could stop the tornado." That's a fair point. That's a fair point. It did seem like we needed Takira to stop the tornado. But then, after that, it's like, send him on break. (laughs) Okay. I will say, I don't fully understand what he did with the tornado. Okay, so from my... From how I understood it, he... None of them could see into the inside where the, like, elite soldiers were creating the whirlwind mm-hmm. and but what he could do was like figure out where all the water was in the middle of the tornado and from that be able to pinpoint where the soldiers were who were manipulating it and then form that water into ice spears to stab them okay so the the reason that he was able to do it and no one else was is because it's moving too fast in there. Yes. And no one else has the control and the and the senses to be able to like know what to do, where to send it, and actually be able to. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. That one that scene was very cool. Uh I didn't fully like I, like I said, I didn't fully follow what he did, but it was very cool. I'll give him that. Yeah, it was incredible and it it definitely doesn't make up for any of the shit that he's trying to pull all the time. But, I mean, he's a great fighter. He, he is a great fighter. You know who also is a great fighter? Who's that? This nameless dude that, like, crushes everything. This, the, I think, I think we can call him the Dragon Slayer because that's what Mamoru calls him. Yeah. After he, because I wrote down... So he he kills uh, Mamoru's teacher. The Dai, Lightning Dai. Yeah, y- Yukino Dai, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. And then he gets eaten by the dragon, right? Mm-hmm. And I wrote down right when that happened, I was like, ah, it's kind of lame that they just killed him like this. <laughs> and then literally like one page later, he just pops out of the dragon after somehow killing it and then like fights both the brothers to a standstill, I think, Mm -hmm. which is insanity. Right. It is. It's, it's wild, but okay. 
not to take away from any of his combat prowess. Like, this fighter is very proficient. How do you kill the dragon, though? Like, he's not really a dragon slayer, right? Wait, okay, so are you... He didn't... Wait, what, are you... Are you asking logistically how did he, how did he do it? No, no, no. I know that he like disrupted it and like blew it apart where it couldn't really keep its form anymore. But like it's just water, guys. Oh no, you blew off the head of the dragon. I'm going to reform it with my water magic real quick. You're okay, you're asking why didn't they just make another one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. It seemed incredibly um, effective. And like once the guy goes rolling off the cliff after you kind of like defeat him, it's time to make another dragon because that thing is crushing it. That's true. That also begs the question, why didn't they make another tornado? Well, I think the the soldiers that were forming the tornado got killed. Okay. And so they might there not have more, had the... There were more of the elites, but maybe they just weren't specific. You got you know, you got to specialize. Exactly. So they just weren't the specialized ones that can make a tornado. Okay. Yeah. I maybe there's just with that dragon you got to it takes something out of you. you <laughs> maybe know? maybe they were waiting for like literally any other family to show them a cool technique. They were like, hey, we've got the Whispering Blade and the dragon that can fight. And we've got cool spike wall. And like the lightning dies really fast with a sword. But like, do any of you guys have a cool, I don't know, like Power Rangers. Everybody stands on each other's shoulders and forms a cool mech suit thing. Or no, you guys are just going to fight with your katanas and throw spears. That's it. Yeah. Maybe they were waiting. They were kind of waiting, hoping somebody else would step up and do something cool. Okay. They're like seeding the spotlight a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Trying, which... to, give, trying to give other people a chance to, to get some glory. Exactly. And so, you know, if they just form another dragon, you know, if if one of the other families shows off their ice lizard that they've been working on for a while, nobody's going to care if there's an ice dragon going around destroying fools. But right. if if it's just the ice lizard jumping around, maybe doing a few push-ups, then it looks very cool. That's okay. That's true. Because like they already have, they already have the ice dragon highlight in the film in the footage, right? If you put in another ice dragon, they're not just gonna like show a second one in the highlights. Like it's not gonna make the news at all. Right. Right. But if you get if you give another i don't i don't know what the <laughs> i like that you went that you went lizard <laughs> we're being we're being creative uh but no i i i think that you're i think that you're on to something there you gotta give you gotta give other people a chance how is no one else coming up with better ideas this is my pro- it's like to use another sports metaphor if we're up by 20 points and there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter Okay, maybe 20 isn't quite enough. Let's say we're up by 40 points and there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter. You send on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe they've got some cool dunks they want to show off. I th- Yeah, I think my issue is that these, you don't have to be in constant like real life fighting to develop these techniques. 
right? Mm-hmm. These guys mm-hmm. need to be drawing up plays in their spare time when they're bored at their accounting job. That's what Takiru's doing. <laughs> Give me some trick plays, you guys. That's so true. Uh, but uh, I feel like maybe they have different priorities, though. Because obviously it seems like the Masuda clan is like trained in the art of the blade and that's like all they care about and their main focus. Maybe these other families have developed like outstanding snowball fight tactics. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe some of these other families uh, have like a corner on the market for the best sledding on the whole mountain and they've like developed these cool loop-de-loops and stuff sure 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 and so i yeah i can see that so maybe we're just we're here seeing how the different families have specialized and how it might not have benefited them as much when it came down to the fighting part okay i see i see your point like the mitsuda's the reason that they've got these fighting tech, the, the techniques that we're seeing is because like we're in their, we're, we're in their like specialty. This is their right element. Now. Like they've trained right. their whole lives to do this, which is just wreck fools with the sword and their water stuff. Okay. Yeah. Like if we're, if we're actually going for maybe like a vacation trip, we're going to be dealing more with one of the other families because they've got they've got the best slopes exactly exactly maybe i want to have the most exhilarating sled sled ride of my life i'm not going to the mitsuki clan or mitsuti clan or whatever the takiru's clan is they're gonna cut me in half with an ice sword where i am gonna go is the family that spent their time developing the coolest uh Oh, what is that Winter Olympics event called where they they slide down in a little bobsled? Is that it? Bobsled? Or like Skeleton? I think Skeleton is the one where you're just like on an ice track. That'd be incredible. You're you're thinking of Luge. Oh, Luge. Yes, yes, yes. Luge. There is one called Skeleton, I think. I'll have to check that later. (laughs) But let's let's check. uh, But yeah, one of the families has got to be great at Luge. Because there's so many, and this is something we've talked about in the past, but this water magic has so many cool purposes aside from fighting because it just allows you to manipulate stuff. And we definitely see a lot of those here, right? Like we see uh, how the they like do laundry in a cool way with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> kind of cool, kind of sad way, I guess I should say. <laughs> uh, they're doing like home repair with the ice. Um, so they're doing some kind of different stuff with it, which I love. And I mean, we also saw Mamoru like cushion their fall, right? So there's a lot of cool stuff they can do with it. Right. I got to think that there's some good, some good cooking going on. This, this is something that I'm very fascinated in, Luke. How, okay. How do you think their cuisine is different and improved because of these techniques that they've developed what kinds of dishes are they just crushing or maybe they've invented because nobody else can do it yeah that's okay that's tough i mean because i'm thinking obvious first easy 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 is snow cones 
right? These snow cones are the greatest mm-hmm. in the whole empire. No question. Mm-hmm. So the things that I, the thing that I'm thinking of are, are, are things that we already have though. So like, what's the, uh, what's the thing that you control the water temperature really well? Sous vide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got, they've got, they've got that going on really well. Um, I think, okay, hold on. I think we need to do a clarifying question before we continue. Can they warm up water? I think so. Okay, so they can heat and cool water. So they can definitely cool water. Yes, 100% they can cool water. But I've never seen anybody use a steam jet. And it seems like that would be super effective for a fighting technique. It does. It does. Maybe they can't heat up water. Yeah, I don't know if they... Like, I think they might be able to temporarily freeze it, but maybe they can't, like... Be- Are they controlling the temperature or the pressure, actually, now that I think about it? This is an outstanding... This is an outstanding question that is for nobody but the two other chemists that, and maybe a physicist <laughs> that listen to this show. Um, I, if I were to guess, I would say pressure because yeah. it seems like... It doesn't seem like they have a good way of heating up. Well, oh... You, I mean, oh, I feel like it's got to be pressure. 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 I think that they're they're pulling the best espresso shots in the game. Ooh. And think how useful that would be up on that cold mountain. Like if I'm if mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to go down one of these luge courses with my with up on this mountain, I want a little hot beverage to keep me warm mm-hmm. up there. That's perfect. That's gonna draw in a lot of tourism. For sure. Guys. Perfect extraction, I'm going to say. Outstanding. Outstanding extraction. <laughs> I imagine, too, they would be able to do some pretty incredible ice sculpture. Like, some pretty incredible... Uh, maybe you have, like, a little fountain that has some nice, cool... I don't know, like a drink that comes out of it that's really intricate. And maybe it's, like, a blue... A little blue Gatorade that's weaving its way through this this ice fountain that's got a lot of intricate internal designs. Right, right. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's. <laughs> I I am excited to see more about the the guys that can control fire. What their cooking looks like. They're getting some great sears on these steaks. I bet. <laughs> Yeah, the steaks are going to be like perfectly done. Just a little char on the outside and then you throw it I got to think that they've I've got to think that in these steakhouses you've got you've got one of the cooks from from here from a Taiwanese cook mm-hmm. and one of them from uh Yamankala or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got the the souvide Sous- getting it all warmed sous-vide. up. Is that souvide? Is that what it is? God damn it. Uh, sous vide, warming it up, or like getting it to the right internal temperature. And then you got a quick sear coming in. Ooh. Ooh, yes. Yes, we do. We do love that. <laughs> the funny thing about this is that you and I are both pretty much vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't eaten a steak in like five years. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> that's. I think that's on me. Um <laughs> Here's a, I have a dumb question. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a really dumb question. Okay. Yeah. And I need you to explain it for me. Okay. I don't f- 
I don't fully understand how pure bloodlines work. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> yes. Yes. Beca- okay, hold on. You're talking about in the context of this story, they're like, some people have mixed blood, so they're less powerful. Is that what you mean? Yeah, and they've had like the same, I don't know about the same, but they've been able to keep their Matsuda bloodline pure or whatever for right. a thousand years. Right. I don't know if pure is the right word, but like, that's what I they don't would say, I think. understand. Yeah. yeah, I I don't understand how that works. Right. Is that dumb? No, 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 no. I think that's reasonable because it's it's like, first off, I'm I'm kind of curious to see if the story is going to be like, hey, yeah, all that pure blood stuff is bullshit and it doesn't matter anyway and it's just kind of like a st- it's it's it's, it's nurture rather than nature <laughs> sure sure or it's just a way for some people to like think that they're superior to others with no real reason just like because they want to feel superior um and to justify their you know their position of privilege in the world but mm-hmm. i think i think because when when you think of how when when I initially thought of this, it was like, does that mean that they're all just like marrying their cousins to keep it like in the right. family? Right, right. And I think to a certain extent, this is correct because I think how how it works is they might not necessarily be marrying like their first or their second cousins, but maybe the like quote-unquote pure blood lineage that they're tracing goes back a very long ways and so there's like maybe one or two originators of the technique and or originators that had like the this like pure blood and maybe initially yes they were all like intermarrying obviously it doesn't really work i don't think in practice like i don't think it's a real thing because you would need like a pretty sizable group to start off with of pure bloods, and maybe that is how it how it works. Um, is that the initial group of like quote unquote pure blooded water manipulators was large, right? But I yeah, I, I guess I guess I don't. It depends on how big you're defining your like pool of who you can mix with, right? right? Exactly because. If you want to keep, like, the Matsuda line pure, I feel like you have to be intermarrying. But maybe if you are, like, you're just you're just saying that we have to keep marrying people that control water, that seems easier to me. Mm-hmm. That, yes, I think that might be a big part of it i think it's it's kind of a stand-in of like these are the families that are acceptable to marry into our family and like obviously they all do the water manipulation obviously they're all that kind of family but i think beyond that it's more of just like these are the noble families who we marry to keep the bloodline pure um granted it doesn't sound like that was too much of a conflict with Setsuko mm-hmm. because it sounds like it was, while not like super approved of, it wasn't like horrendous for Setsuko to marry the head of the Mitsu- 
Nope. God, what is the name of this freaking family? Matsudo? Matsuda. Yeah, it wasn't horrendous for them to marry into the Mitsudo family. Right. Like it wasn't a it it was against tradition, but it's not like it ruined anything tangible. Right. Like it didn't mess up their bloodline, I guess. They weren't concerned about it messing with their bloodline. Yeah. So it might then just be this idea of like marrying within your same like ability group. Like you're supposed to marry somebody who can move water and like that's how to keep the bloodline pure. Yeah, you can't marry a fire guy. What are you thinking? <laughs> then you just end up with steam kids, okay? Nobody <laughs> wants a steam kid. Steam kids are the worst. We hate them. Ooh, they do make the best tea, though, Luke, I'll have to say. Great tea, great dumplings. Um... And their laundry always looks pristine. <laughs> no lines. There, there's perks to every everything you know you just gotta look hard enough that's true this yeah that's so true that's so true. you know what's one the thing about this is some of these jobs would be so easy okay the one that we hear about how easy would it be to would be a fisherman <laughs> it's cheating it's fishing with cheat codes on <laughs> right? you don't have a job if you're a fisherman that's like a 30, you have a 30 minute work day. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. This is very true. I feel true. like if I'm, if I'm the Matsuda family, I'm kind of pissed, right? I'm up here doing clerical work and, and sacrificing my body while you're over here just like corralling some fish for 30 minutes a day. Give me a break. Sure. You're very poor. <laughs> But why? What are you doing with the rest of your time? Yeah, monetize the rest of your time. Maybe start... I don't get it. Get an Instagram. Start building a little following. You've got a lot of time on your hands, guys. Yeah, I agree with you. I think think we need a different name. I feel like it's so different from what fishing is that they... It's not fair to call them fishermen. Because if you compare them to fishermen like literally anywhere else... Their job is so different. Right. They're not like sitting and waiting for the fish. They're more like, I think they're more like fish farmers or like fish wrestlers. Maybe they're fish cowboys. They're fish boys. (laughs) Fish boys doesn't sound, oh, wow. I just realized cowboys is just straight like cowboys. How did I not know that? (laughs) That's a that's a way weirder word than we give it credit for, you guys. <laughs> and I'm just realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's those kind of hot takes you come to that to the show for. For sure. Am I the only one? <laughs> no, cowboys is fucking weird, and it's just become a word now. But nobody really thinks about what it means. And yeah, it's it's fucking weird. But. Okay. But I feel like these these people are more like fish boys because they're just they're herding the fish. They're not fishing. Right. It's, it's cheating. It's cheating. But I don't knock them because their life is probably like pretty chill. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're probably not having too hard of a time trying to find dinner. No, definitely. And it would, and it's so easy to keep a good 
to keep a good fish farm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about dissolved oxygen. Get you, get some turbulence in there that you can do very easily, and you're and you're you're swimming in it, literally. Literally, yeah, very good, Luke. Very good, <laughs> Luke. I've got to come back to something that we talked about okay. last episode. Where are the guns? Somebody, please pull out a gun and shoot these fools. I know. What are we doing? There is a fighter jet that came by to decimate this whole army. A fighter plane with bombs and guns and bullets. And you're out here with swords and ice spears. (laughs) Give all the scrubs in the village a gun. Give them a gun. They're scrubs. They're not going to do cool ice spears. Give them a gun, please. <laughs> the the most egregious thing about this is after I think it's I think it's in like the most recent chapter that we've read. Misaki is like, "Hang on a second. How come they didn't just drop a bomb on us?" Excuse me? <laughs> You're why are you here? That's an option? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, if you're asking that right now, why have you not been asking it for years? You have a TV. You have a TV and yet you sent off like 20 people to use a bow and arrow against these guys. Give me a machine gun. Please. I'm sick of it. I I am too. I don't Quang, the kid Quang has got to just be like these freaking idiots. Here's here's the thing, too. Like you have a very defensible place. Yeah, you're on right? top You've of got a, a mountain. big mountain. Just give me a freaking turret at the top of it. And like, sure, maybe they'll their their windy boys will knock a few bullets out of the way, but I've got a giant machine gun and shields and ice powers and ice powers, guys. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. One gun. Maybe it's okay. I think I think we're gonna see the answer here, actually. I because freaking hope so. It seems to my guess is that this empire cannot afford guns. <laughs> because I, I we've gotten hints that the entire empire has fallen on some tough times, right? Uh-huh. Their uniforms are very old. They uh I think all of the people that came in and dropped bombs were not were the were the ally country. Yeah, right. Like Yam, so my, Yamakito or, or whatever that country is called, yeah. Yeah. So my guess is the Kaiganese Empire just is like not able to give everyone guns. That is perfectly reasonable. Okay. I don't think we need to expect the Kaiganese Empire to arm everyone. I think that that might be expecting too much. But like, hey, 
Guys, how much did you spend on that sword last year? How much did you spend on that new sword last year? When you have a whole rack of swords, maybe you could have spent that on like a gun or saved up for a gun. Mm -hmm. Maybe all this extra time that your fishermen have after they're done with their day, they could spend doing a little online, doing a few online surveys yeah, sure, it's, maybe it's like a nickel per survey, but that stuff will add up, okay? <laughs> maybe you enter a few sweepstakes to get a big turret. Mm -hmm. Maybe you, you just look at you the jet that's that's in the mountainside and you say, oh, this thing has a gun. Let's just take that one. Hey, hey, master smiths that are busy over here making perfect swords, just give me a few guns, just a few. Just a few guns, please, guys. You won't hear me too often asking for more guns. Right. This is one instance where I would just love a couple. They could use a few, I think. I think that that's, I think that that's fair. Completely fair. <sighs> At the, okay. At the very least, though, what I feel like every single person in this community needs is to carry like a bottle of Dasani around with them or something. Because sure, I think you may have made this point last episode. Sure, you can pull the water out of the air. And while you're on the mountain, like, yeah, you can form the snow into stuff. But we saw how useful Misaki's little kitchen sink tactic was where she, you know, blew open the kitchen sink and water poured everywhere and then she froze it on the guy. That sounds so useful. How are people not walking around with a bottle of water just as like a cool, like useful thing to have? Mm -hmm. And I feel like now this this might be a little bit, this might be a little too far, but Torden EQ mentioned in a comment, maybe a little pre-fight ritual is you just, maybe you create your own water, you know? How, how you do when you make your own water and uh maybe you could have an empty bottle for most of the time and then when it seems like you're about to get into a fight like who i don't know what i'm gonna need this but i could fill up this bottle pretty quick and then i have some some quick access to water you know what i'm saying luke i do i do um the thing about this also is that, ooh, mm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that you could just, you don't need the bottle, right? Luke, are you, you going to You little... have enough control. Are you going to? You can just, you can just pee your pants and still use it. Luke, you've, you've just taken the most roundabout way to get to a JK Rowling-esque point about how wizards just shit their pants because they can apparate the poop away and how all of the people in this society who can manipulate water are are likely just pissing themselves because they can just <laughs> take the water and send it somewhere else. I gotta think so. And I love it. This is Recycle a, that It's stuff. efficient. Yeah, it's incredible uh, recycling. Absolutely. I salute them for it. Gosh, 
get these guys, get these guys and all the empires just doing water treatment. We need to so efficient. Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth around a little bit, guys. Yeah. Seriously. Bring over one of those one of those fire boys to start up a steakhouse on your mountain and you can go start a snow cone business. Out it's the- just <laughs> it's it seems like we should be there's so much there's so much cooperation that should be going. Mm-hmm. Missed potential. Missed potential. Just so much missed potential, especially for the water guys. Especially for the water guys. Get out there, spread the word. Mm. I don't know how we got here. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, can we talk about can we talk about our boy Mamoru for a minute? Mm-hmm. That was rough, huh? I was not expecting him to die. No, not at all. I was like, okay, when's the when's the wake up scene happening? After he yeah. like, you know, he felt this blood leaking out, and he was like, oh, it's getting cold, and my eyes are going dark. I was like, okay, how many chapters until he comes back? Here we go. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, I found his frozen corpse on the mountainside. It's like, all right, maybe you're going to thaw him out. Oh, when's he coming back? <laughs> and then she was like, his right. blood started moving. I was like, here we go. Mamoru is coming back, baby. Dad's not giving up on Mamoru. I think that that's, I think that that's fair. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure he is dead, uh, which is like kind of a huge bummer and took me, it, took me by surprise in a big way. For sure, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have this pegged as, as the book where who I thought was the main character was going to die halfway through, no. but it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was rough. A big grief section here yeah. because of it. Yeah, this third of the book, I mean, started very cool with the dope fights, but at the same time, I was like, "Ooh, a lot of people are probably going to die here." And then the aftermath of the fights has been brutal so far. It it has. It just is like yeah, a lot of just yeah, a lot of a lot of tough emotions going on. One person the one that I actually thought was the most interesting was the the younger brother, Hiroshi. Hiroshi. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause the the you know, we get a lot of grief from like Misaki and some of the, um, I don't know, some of the other characters. And I think that that was very, like all very well done mm-hmm. and appropriate. Mm-hmm. The Hiroshi one, I think was just so interesting that it, that it, that I guess I don't know how to, what exactly to say about it, but like. Like it was kind of unexpected, really, right? Yeah. It was kind of unexpected. I think partly because Misaki has been kind of a dick to Hiroshi. Like, she's been kind of like, he's just like his father. He's ice cold and he doesn't have any emotions and all this stuff. When, like, his uncle and brother died and he was, like, shook about it. His uncle, Mm -hmm. and based on our characterization of him so far by his mother... It sounds like he just would be like, I have a mission to do. It sounds like he'd be like his dad. But he was like really shook by his brother and his uncle dying. And he's like kind of wise beyond his years because he knows kind of what it is that's happened. But I think. Yeah. And he was, 
I think he and he was shook in like a really interesting way, right? Like not just because his family members had died, but like for what that meant for him, I think was really like really interesting, right? And how he was and how he like kind of in a childlike way interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Misaki describes it as like she can tell that there's a weight on his shoulders now. Like he accepts this burden of being the heir to his like family's line, essentially. And it's like messing with him a lot. Like it's really messing mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I think to go back. So to go back a little bit to Mamoru dying because I think we need to we need to give another shout out to Toradaniku here. I was pretty sure Mamoru was definitely dead when it was like sure Hiroshi's going to get the credit for being the youngest person to form a whispering blade, but actually Mamoru is about to do it and no one's ever going to know about it. And he like whips out this whispering blade that's like part water and part like his own blood. First off, incredible. We're proud of you. We're proud of you, Mamoru. Second off, Torden kind of called this in his comment where he was like, I want to make a sword out of somebody else's blood. Close, Torden. Very close. <laughs> um, but yeah, I felt like that that was like kind of a good way to make it clear that Mamoru was dead. Of like, mm-hmm. he's about to do this thing. And nobody else is going to ever know about it. And it's like, oh, yeah. he's probably going to die. He's probably not coming back. Yeah, huh? yeah. that's that's when I realized that he legitimately was dying. <sighs> but it was such a big bummer. He had this awakening he was going through, Luke. It was. It was a big moment. <sighs> I think that I don't fully understand the Whispering Blade. Mm. In- because why are we not using it more? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, if it can, because it can cut through anything except for like that one glass, I think is the theory. Well, maybe they don't know. It's never been tested. Right. I feel like you you use it on this guy. Like, I mean, I know Mamoru could not, but Takiru and uh, the elder brother fought him. Mm-hmm. I I guess I just don't understand why you're not using it like every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe it has something to do with how much, like, effort it requires. Like, it's a very high-level, powerful technique. So maybe the effort you would put into making it and keeping it is maybe more than it's worth for some opponents, right? So your your average opponent you're not using the Whispering Blade for because they're not worth the effort. Exactly. They're not worth it. But, but our Dragon Killer guy, I feel like he used the Whispering Blade... And he can't all he can only dodge you, basically. Yes. Which I will say we didn't see their fight. So mm-hmm. maybe that is what happened. Because mm-hmm. I think that this guy was only using like knives or something. Yeah, he was getting in close. Yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe that is the case. But I, I agree with you. I think it's it's useful because it means you you never have to parry or block. Right? You're just cutting. Mm-hmm. Cutting. Always cutting. And so it seems like it would be incredibly useful to just slice through everybody with. But right. 
but yeah, I, I'm sure there's some drawback. Like it takes a lot of power to maintain. And if they did the Whispering Blade for too long, then they couldn't do the cool dragon thing. So mm-hmm. trade-offs, trade-offs. Okay. But back to Takiro. He kind of really sucks, doesn't he? <laughs> It's crazy because I keep there keeps being opportunities for him to like be at least to like step over the bar that's very low, right? And I keep being like, here we go. Takiro's gonna have some emotion and he's gonna be impressed with Misaki. And it's just he always chooses the wrong the wrong approach in my eyes. Oh, absolutely. No, it's for sure the wrong answers. Especially, God, the worst was in this last chapter we read, where it's like, all right, guy, sure, maybe you just care about tradition and your mountain and your culture and you're trying to be the pinnacle of that. That's fine. But like, the emperor shows up, not not even the emperor, some dude from the emperor shows up with a bunch of foreigners and is like, hey, they want to do a bunch of Frankenstein experiments on your dead. And you're going to let him because the emperor says you got to let him. Takiro, you're going to just be like, yeah, whatever. No, what are you talking about? You say no. You say, hold on a minute. Let's get some more details before you take my firstborn son to go perform experiments on. Seriously. I, I think that my actual, the most frustrating thing for me was when they're in this little meeting with, misaki's brother mm-hmm. and misaki's er, and i forget i forget her brother's name but she's like kuzo he's, he's like, i misaki think he has to come to what is it kuzo yeah yeah kuzo he wants misaki to come and takira's like okay fine but she can't talk and then it's like she has been right about everything so far dude and then she like asks a very insightful question and he's like i told you not to talk it's like, dude, just freaking let... Are you kidding me with this? He's the fucking worst. He's terrible. I hate this guy so much. I was hoping he would die in this. I was hoping he'd have some great, maybe heroic end where, you know, the Ranganese soldiers overwhelmed him and he did some final thing that was cool, but he also just died because I hate this guy. I don't want him to have a heroic end. <laughs> Luke hoped he just got blown off the mountain and fell really far and got crushed by a I rock. want, I want, you know how he, like, when he walks, he can just, like, create steps and stuff? I want him to slip on one of these steps and crack his head open. That's all I, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, dude, this needs to happen. Ah, uh, yeah, God, this freaking sucks. This guy sucks so bad. But Luke, I actually have a theory. About why Takiro sucks so bad. About why Takiro seems to be rolling over to these foreign invaders who want to perform experiments on the dead of his village. Why Takiro has been so involved in the government functioning of this little village. Why he has been so involved in bringing modernization to this small village and why he has taken such an interest to work so closely with with a northerner who's come to the village to undergo some kind of secretive project because luke 
Takiro is a double agent. <laughs> a double agent for who? So it, it seems to me like the um the foreigners the yama yamakito or i can't remember the name of the foreigners but the ones that start with a y if i were to guess what was going on it kind of sounds like they're getting these two countries to fight each other to weaken them both to where this nation can then just sweep in and take over everything because it sounds like they have the superior military to the kaiganese empire for sure at this point and they're doing a lot to weaken the Ranganese. And so it seems like they benefit a lot from this like military action that's going on at the Sword of Kaigen. And I feel like they, like Takiro has an opportunity to disagree with what they're going to do to these corpses because it's like foreigners that are coming to do this. And he's like, I'm going to let it happen. I'm actually okay with it. And and especially thinking about, like, if I am this highly advanced foreign nation, what are some things that I want of the territory that I'm going to conquer, right? I want it to have, like, modern infrastructure. I want it to have cell phone towers because that's how a lot of my communication is done. I want them to have roads so I can send these vehicles up. And these are the things I want it to have electricity so I can have my, you know, technology there. These are the things that Takiro has been pushing for as part of the mayor's office, right? Takiro is like a, a great warrior. And yet he spends like all of his time in the mayor's office. That seems a little fishy to me. Additionally, Takiro makes the ideal double agent because he shows no emotion no matter what happens. So we have no idea what Takiro really thinks or feels at all because he doesn't show any emotion about it. He just says things. We don't know if he's being genuine in what he's saying. The other thing is like, it seemed pretty clear that some bad stuff was about to happen and Takiro seemed to not care at all. You mean like from the warnings that they were getting? Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't Takiro is described as being the most perceptive person on this mountain and like to be a good fighter you have to be perceptive so he for sure knew what was going on but he made the choice to let it happen and to be there when it happened interesting it's because he knew Very interesting. he knew what was going to happen and he knew that he was going to be safe after it did. Okay. He's a double agent. I like it. And sure, maybe he has a motive that's like he wants to preserve his family and he knows these foreign invaders are going to happen regardless. And so if he if he works with them, then he's going to preserve his family. Maybe. But we have no idea what he wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, you just can't trust him. You can't trust him. I think he's a double agent. I think they I think got that him. That's fair. I think I'm I think I'm with you on this one. It explains a lot. <laughs> I think I yeah. And I think we're both just trying to find something that explains how terrible he is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So next week, Luke, 
finishing up Sword of Kaigen. Last third of the book. Tordany Q has already given us a little a little primer about the next chapter that we're about to read. So I'm excited to see what he's so riled up about. Uh, I'm also very interested to see where this story could go from here because it seems crazy the point we're at right now. I have no idea what's going to happen in the near future with this book. Right. But, you know, if the first two thirds are any indication, we're definitely in for some more hot takes. And there's tons left to learn, so we can keep being some dumb parents.